Hello and welcome to the JNM podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and anything in between. First off, we would like to thank you for listening. If you are coming back, welcome back. And then if you're new, welcome and hope you enjoy. Before we get started, I would like to welcome back one of my best friends and amazing person, Jennifer Chan. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> today we are going to go back to our rom-com that isn't a foreign film even though that's where we started series series (laughs) and talk about the 2013 rom-com film austin land so austin land is a single 30 something with an obsession of austin of Jane Austen novel, Pride and Prejudice, spends all of her life savings and travels to a British resort called Austin Land to which the Austin era is recreated. As she relives the 1800s, she searches for her perfect gentleman while overcoming social and economic op- obstacles. This movie was directed by Jerusha Hess, and written by Hess herself and Shannon Hale. I received information from Wikipedia, IMDb, National Trust, OK Magazine, and Glamour Magazine. Uh, So in terms of the cast, uh, you have Carrie Russell as Jane Hayes. You may know her from Waitress. Felicity, which is a late 90s, early 2000s TV show, the Americans, which was an FX show, and Antlers, which is an upcoming uh, film. Uh, next, we have J.J. Field as Mr. Hen- Henry Noble. You may know him uh, from Captain America, The First Adventure. He was Union Jack for those Marvel Cinematic Universe nerds. <laughs> He was also in Professor Martson and the Wonder Woman, Ford versus Ferrari, Lost in Space, which is, I believe it was a 2019 TV show, and New Amsterdam, which is a recent TV show. Next, we have Brett McKenzie as Martin. You may know him from one half of the fly of the concords which is both a band duo and a tv show lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring and the return of the king he was known as elf escorts that's all Uh, He also worked on the Muppets movies, the two recent ones, as music supervisor and writer for the original songs, to which he won an Oscar for Best Original Song in 2012. Uh, Next, we have Jennifer Coolidge as Elizabeth Charming. You may know her from her famous roles like American Pie, Best in Show, Legally Blonde, and a recent HBO show called The White Lotus. Then you have James Callis as Colonel Andrews. You may know him from Battlestar Galactica, which is a very big indie TV show. 
and the Bridget, Bridget Jones's Diaries film series. Uh, next, we have Jane Seymour as Mrs. Wardlesbrook. <laughs> you may know her from Live and Let Die, which is the Roger Moore 007 movie, uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, uh, which is a TV show, and The Four Feathers, which is a 1978 TV film. And finally, you have Georgia King as Lady Amelia Hart Wright. You may know her from The New Normal, a NBC TV show, Vice Principals, a HBO TV show, and One Day. And fun fact, her father, Jonathan Hyde, was the hunter from the original Jumanji. So have you seen the original Jumanji? That's <laughs> oh, you haven't? Okay. Yeah. Well, there's there's a hunter that's going after the main characters. That hunter oh. is her dad. Mm. I remember her from uh one day. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. was she like a girlfriend or something? I think something like that, yeah. Or maybe the sister. Yeah. Jane Seymour is in a lot though. Yeah, she's kind of because like it's really weird because I didn't realize how many people like how, how many Bond women have there been because it was her. It was also this one that was in the Joy Luck Club. She's like a famous Chinese actress. Yeah. Um, and then there was like another one. There's um, yeah, I, I just like didn't realize how much of the Bond women have been in a bunch of other films. Aside from like Halle Berry. Well, Halle Berry is just Halle Berry. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about like people like Jane Seymour and then the the Chinese actress that I keep forgetting her name. So um, Lucy Liu, right? Say again? You're not thinking of Lucy Liu, right? No, she's like a much, she was in, uh, I think she was in the, one of Sean Connery's films. Uh, let me see. Uh, Wylin. I think so. Oh, wait, Michelle Yee, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, that was one of them. There was also another one. Oh, uh, Sai Chin. Sai Chin. Yeah, Rosalind. Oh, wait, sorry. Um, Michelle Yun and Sai Chin. She looks so good. Yeah. It's really. So in terms of the backstory, uh, I couldn't find a lot, so I had to improvise. Uh, Austin Land is based on a 2007 novel of the same name written by Shannon Hale, who also wrote the film script. Um, Hale stated that she loved Jane Austen's work since she was a teenager, and once she came up with the idea of a modern-day immersion program into Regency era, uh, she felt it was the story she wanted to tell, and it took about seven years to write, and this was Hale's first novel. Um, there were there are some differences between the novel and the film, including um, the part that Jane in the book goes on a trip to Austin land after her aunt dies and leaves behind a ticket for Jane in her will. 
um, that was a, that was different. And then I think there was like a bunch of other things. Like there was probably several events or scenes that were added in. After the book was published, Hale went on to write more teen book series. Uh, she also wrote a sequel to this uh, book called Midnights in Austin Land. And she also acted as an extra in the film. And it was funny because when she was on set as an extra, uh, Jerusha and Carrie kept talking to her. And the other extras thought that it was really weird that <laughs> that she was getting the attention of the director and the actress. Um and they didn't tell anyone that she's the author. Uh, this film was produced by Fickle Fish Films, which is a company owned by Twilight author Stephanie Meyer. She was a uh, film company? A yeah. Company? Yeah, crazy. it was it was like after like after the success of Twilight. Did Fickle Fish produce Twilight? No. Well, kind of it did produce Breaking Dawn part one and uh, two. So that's kind of when she started doing uh, production. Yeah. Um, Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. And she she also produced her other um, book, The Host. It was the one with the one Irish actress that didn't become successful, like money-wise. <laughs> Uh, and she also uh, produced a film in 2019 or 2018 called Down a Dark Hall, which is a um, kind of like supernatural novel. Jerusha Hess is a director who works with her husband, Jared Hess. Uh, they met while attending Brigham Young University, which is a Mormon college in Utah. Uh, together, they went on to work and write Napoleon Dynamite with Jared directing the film. She wrote uh, Nacho Libre? Yes. She also wrote Nacho Libre, Gentlemen Bron- Broncos, and Don Verdine. Wow. Nacho Libre. <laughs> yeah. I rewatched that film last year. Yeah, it's like very... <laughs> I mean, it's very good. I mean, yes, like Jack Black isn't, I don't think he's um, Hispanic, but it's like, I don't think that's I what- I think there's a lot of cultural accuracy in that film. Yeah. But I think like in the film, he is an orphan that then um, decide to stay in the orphanage as like one of the right. monks. Yeah. Um, so at least it didn't, <laughs> at least it wasn't like, oh yeah, he's Hispanic. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Uh, Austin Land is Jerusha's first film uh, as director. So it's her directorial debut. Um, the film was filmed at West Wycombe Park near High Wycombe, Buckinghamshire. And it was first built for Sir Francis Dashwood, second baronet, baronet, uh, Francis was an English po- politician, uh, I believe, during the 1600s. 
He is known as being a rake, which is a person who spends his money on gambling, wine, and women. And he used uh, West Winecombe Park as a pleasure palace. So it was basically a place where he gambled. A place. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, the area is now owned and protected by National Trust, which is the UK version of historical building code. Uh, for here in America, like if like a building is like over a hundred years or something, they're protected under the historical building code. And then as a result, you can't really demolish it and they like set fun aside to what's it called like preserve it yeah preserve it mm-hmm. and aside from austin land a clockwork orange what a girl wants the Classic. duchess <laughs> yeah <laughs> x-men first class pride and prejudice and zombies and fast and furious hobbs and shaw have also shot scenes at the area and it's this like big like like estate in an interview carrie russell stated that the cast took an eight-hour etiquette course prior to filming and according to jerusha hess carrie russell was pregnant throughout the entire filming Uh, most of the time they had carrie's outfits altered to hide the pregnancy um, so either they would have like the shirt tucked in in a certain way or they had um, all of her dresses be empire waist with spandex on the sides and that as Carrie's pregnancy um, develops and you know continues on the designers will loosen the laces in the back wow. and during the scenes at the very end of the film, Carrie was six months pregnant. So it was a little bit more difficult to hide the, the belly at that time. Uh, according to the producers, most of Jennifer Coolidge's lines were made up on the spot, mainly because it was impossible for her to memorize the script. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, actor Ricky Whittle, who Uh, played Captain East, stated that the cast was encouraged to ad-lib. He stated in in an interview that they would do a couple of takes based on script, and then they would uh, do a couple more takes and just kind of improvise and have fun. And as a result of the ad-libbing, the blooper reel became extensive and there was enough footage to make the rough cuts be about five hours long wow that's crazy but yeah that was all that i could find (laughs) in terms of the fun facts empire waist dress yeah it's um it's the ones that it kind of looks like rectangle where i'm looking at it yeah (laughs) wow Uh, pregnant and filming that's crazy so in terms of the plot it starts with a quick ad for austin land resort with mrs Waddlesbrook talking about diehard jane austen fans wanting a better experience 
And it then cuts to Jane Hayes growing up from high school to adulthood with her collecting Austin collectibles, attending a Jane Austen class at a college, and watching Pride and Prejudice, the Colin uh, Firth um, one during the date. Yeah. <laughs> and then cut to Jane in her 30s and being harassed by her ex-boyfriend. And thinking that her life is going nowhere, Jane decides to go to Austin land. And though her friend Molly tells her that she shouldn't spend all the money on the trip. Uh, the travel agent argues that the trip will be a life changer, uh, also known as LC. <laughs> and that she will find the love of her life, that it's like guarantee. So Jane decides to go, spends all of her money um, for the trip. And before she leaves, Molly makes a deal with Jane. If Jane doesn't find the love of her life on the trip, she will have to declutter her apartment from Jane Austen collectibles. And she agrees. Uh, once she arrives in England, she meets Miss Elizabeth Charming, uh, AKA Jennifer Coolidge, um, which is also one of the guests uh, for the resort. They arrive at the Regency area where they meet Mrs. Wattlesbrook, uh, the owner of the estates. However, as Jane talks to Wattlesbrook about her name for the, you know, the stay, because Miss Elizabeth Charming was able to pick that she could pick it. However, Mrs. Wattlesbrook argues that they have her name already made up for her which is called Miss Erswile. <laughs> um, she also notes that Jane bought the basic package while the other guests brought, bought the platinum elite package. So as a result, um, Jane would have to, wouldn't be able to participate in some of the events. And she had to ride in the back of the carriage and... <laughs> um would always wear these like simple basic brown dresses and after they settle in um miss miss charming got to wear all the pretty stuff the yeah stuff and the and the bows and the yeah and it, there is like a montage with uh miss charming like getting all these like pink and salmon um yeah. elaborate mm -hmm. and <laughs> Jane is like getting just the brown, like basic, like, yeah. And then, like, Miss Charming is also like having curls in her hair, and yeah. like, while, like, while you see Jane like getting her hair pulled tight into like this, like, really tight bun. Um, so after they settle in, and it does like have like another. Um, part where Miss Charming goes into her room, which is this like big, like suite, while Jane has to go like all the way around the corner into like the servant halls. And then it's like right there. It's like this like small, like one small room with like a one 
like maybe twin bed. It may, it might be a futon, who knows? <laughs> so after they settle in, Miss Charming and Jane are introduced to Lady Hartwright, Mr. Nobly, and Colonel Andrews. And Mrs. Waldersbrooks um, introduces Jane as Miss Erswile is an orphan of no, no fortune who we've taken in for the time being. <laughs> Really <laughs> yeah and then colonel andrew's like oh that's sad <laughs> yeah uh so during during dinner uh jane tries to talk to mr nobly after miss charney already decides to stick to Cor- colonel andrews however mr nobly only answers her questions and never tries to continue a conversation uh, Jane confronts him about how one needs to have a conversation with someone in order to get to know to get to know them. But this is when Lady Hartwright cuts her off and mentions her sympathy um, for Jane. And this is when Mrs. Wallersburg reveals that she researched about Jane and her past relationship while mo- while mocking that the clock is ticking aka her biological clock yeah <laughs> so upset as anyone would be uh she leaves you know, I, we should uh gloss over the fact that jane and mr nobly had a moment here because like he was just trying to say like oh you don't think you can judge everyone here just like that by the cover like of you know their face or whatever yeah mannerisms and whatnot and jane's like no you have to have a conversation with somebody first and they have like their Mr. Darcy and moment. Yeah, there was also like um, one of like the first questions Jane asked um, Mr. Nobly was, oh, do you like dancing? And he's like, not particularly, which is also another flashback to um, the original Pride and Prejudice where Elizabeth asked uh, Darcy if he liked to dance. And then he was like, no. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when Jane leaves, you could see Mr. Nobly like get up, like almost like to feel sorry for her because everyone was just like sitting around while Jane is like upset. Like she wasn't crying, but it was like, yeah, like she kind of felt a little embarrassed. Um, so Jane goes to her room. Um, and then Miss Charming follows behind her and tells her to not get upset about the lady's remark. And she, there's like this like um, moment when she's like, well, like think of the people who commit suicide, you know, who hang themselves. You know, they, it's like they want to, it was something like that they want to have, you know, start over or something, but they're already dead. And that's sad. It was something like Her so like total shit. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, oh listen, like once you're dead, like you don't get the next day to wake up and decide, you know, have a good day. So you know, tomorrow at least you're gonna wake up and be able to do something. <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, Don't hang yourself, Jane. <laughs> oh <my God>. Yeah, it's kind of like that, like, ignorance comment that's like, you know, that 
like Miss Charm is trying to cheer up Jane, but she just doesn't know how to. So the next day, the group goes out for a stroll around the garden. Um, but Jane kind of gets bored and goes to the stables to relax and draw. However, while there, she meets Martin, which was the stableman that brought uh, her and Miss Charming from the airport to the estate. Um, and this is Brett McKenzie for anyone who is aware. <laughs> Uh, so the two hit it off, but they are stopped when Mr. Nobly and Colonel Andrews show up and Jane becomes flustered and then Colonel tries to be in character while Nobly just tells him to shut up. Because <laughs> like uh, Colonel Andrews is like, oh yeah, you just like, you know, like a little rub down and or like a little poke and something. It was like so completely like what's going on? Like what are you talking about? And then <laughs> nobly is like shut up <laughs> it's like andrew shut up and the rest of the group stop by to mention a hunting event and then jane and martin join the group to shoot pheasants and these are like fake pheasants that are like shot with like an air cannon into the air just for anyone <laughs> who is interested no pheasants started making this film yeah yeah no animals were harmed during the making of this film uh so um while they're shooting pheasants the women um it's kind of like that whole like pool and then they shoot the pheasants up in the air and jane succeeds in shooting all the pheasants and everyone's like of course right like really really like um like power complicated because she's like oh I've done this before like I'm so practiced at this and then they start shooting and she misses every single one yeah (laughs) so while they're heading back Jane's horse fails to move um and Martin stops by and states that he will um come back with like a better horse for her but he fails to show up and Jane walks back to the mansion alone but it's raining and like I guess like when she's like on this road Mr. Nobly finds her and tells her to hop on the horse uh, with him and (laughs) it's kind of like a funny moment because she's like sitting on the horse um kind of like the whole um like classic ladies way where it's like you're not straddling it it's like you're both of your side yeah yeah. and then he's like well you need to straddle if you if both of us aren't be on this horse and then she's like no not on this get up like no way i can't do it and then he rips like the dress and she's like what are you doing doing?" he just like rips her dress yeah like with no hesitation just does okay it's also like raining in the middle of this forest so like yeah like it's warranted not that you know you should just go around ripping women's dresses open (laughs) yeah it's not the 1600s anymore it's like 2012 (laughs) yeah like obama got reelected. you know like (laughs) some cultural context yeah um so they head back um and once at the back at the mansion 
Mr. Nobly confronts Martin for leaving Jane behind in the rain. But Jane is like, oh, yeah, no worries. Like, everything's fine and stops them before, like, an argument happens. And then there's also a funny part when she's trying to get off the horse (laughs) that he was like, just like, hold on to me. And then like, they're like doing this like weird, like over his shoulder, you know, caveman style. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think like he was like, okay, I'll hold people. Yeah. I think it was like, oh, I'll hold you at the waist. And then you just kind of like cop off. But she like, it was just lack of communication and then it was her like climbing over him and <laughs> it was the like awkward romantic situation yeah you know? uh <laughs> yeah uh so jane is like okay i'm just gonna i'm just gonna clean up i'm just gonna like wash up <laughs> and she heads back to her room and then um like I'm assuming hours later they're back at the reading room and Jane is hit on by Mr. Waddlesbrook who is Mrs. Waddlesbrook's alcoholic husband while the others uh, play this card game and uncomfortable Jane leaves the room and heads to the stables to hang out with Martin and his saxophone because he's got the saxophone mm-hmm yeah, he's like singing to himself and then he's like, Whoa. <laughs> uh, so as they form this relationship, um, they kind of like dance and then like he sings to her uh, <laughs> and um, he knows that one of the horses is going into labor and Jane tries to help by bringing a bale of hay, but can only get a handful of it because it's really heavy. Uh, And she misses the birth of the fowl, but she sees the fowl and is like, oh my God, this is so cool. Um, So before bidding goodbye, Martin gives Jane a kiss. And yeah. (laughs) A romantic kiss. You know, it's like dark nighttime in the stables in the back alley. And she's like, oh, before you go up to the big house, you know, we're not like those pretentious big house actors and people. We're different. We're real. And then he like gives her a kiss. She's like, way sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then she has like, like hay like, in her hair. Yeah. 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 He does the hay thing where he like picks it out of her hair. And he's like, you don't want that. <laughs> Super romantic. <laughs> uh, so the next day, uh, the ladies become bored from reading and sewing while the men are out hunting. They might be, yeah, hunting. Their storyline of actors. Yeah. When Lady Hartwright mentions to Jane that she is also the third wheel of the group, Jane decides to go outside and meet up with Martin. Uh, they spend the afternoon by the lake with Mr. Nobley spotting them um, towards the end uh, with them kissing. And like what happens is that he's like reading a book outside, like I think on the porch, and then he sees Jane like saying goodbye to Martin before she has to like go back to the uh, mansion. 
Uh, so during their lunch, the group is informed that Captain George East has arrived from the West Indies. And it's this like big, like buffy, like six pack abs guy. He always takes his shirt off also, which I'm like, okay, I get like that they were trying to like, you know, display this like overly sexual guy who's like just trying to like sleep with every lady there because he's just like always taking the shirt off. But like... <laughs> there's a little much <laughs> yeah well because like i think he it's mostly because like he's a soap opera so i think like he's right. very over the top actor yeah that's true yeah that's uh true. <laughs> <laughs> so no, i forgot <laughs> yeah so um they go outside and he like tells like his journey out in the sea and he's flirting with jane uh, because she, at this time she's kind of with no man, you know. Yeah, but she and Martin made out. So like he thinks that she's hers, or he's like pretending like she is at least. Yeah. So he's get jealous when he sees her and him, and like, and like uh, the captain is literally just like making out with her arm for like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah because like while he's flirting with her martin sees it and then he drops his wheelbarrow like he's like carrying this wheel is listening to it must have been love by roxanne (laughs) um and it's not only him that's getting pissed off it's also mr nobly that also is getting a little jealous by this true uh, because there's a situation where nobly is like, oh, like I hate this. This is like stupid. And then he gets up and walks past um, Captain East. But as he's walking past, he kind of like hits him with like his elbow, causing East to fall. And then <laughs> it's this whole like, um, like bit of like a drama incident. And then Mr. Nobly states that, oh, the ladies should head back to the mansion. Um, so, so Jane, instead of like joining the ladies, she goes to the stables again to visit Martin. However, he doesn't want to like hug her or like kiss her because he argues that he didn't, he doesn't want to be with her after seeing what he saw earlier. So she goes back to back to the mansion while Martin and the men go back to the employee lounge, which is kind of funny because it looks like a like a rundown apartment complex in a way, you know, like a hotel on their side. And um, Mr. Nobly overhears Martin uh, talking about Jane being all right, because like. I think like it was Colonel Andrews or something that brought up Jane. It's like, oh, like, do you like Jane? Like, how's Jane? And I think East was like, oh yeah, she's a pretty nice guy, nice gal. And then Martin is like, oh, she's all right. Yeah, yeah. Martin's like, oh, she's all right. Yeah. Uh, later, the group rejoins in the game room or reading room. Um, as they listen to Lady Hartwright playing the piano, but it's mainly her just pretending that she's playing the piano while a recording of a piano is playing. <laughs> and she's singing really off pitch. It, it was like really bothering me. Yeah. Uh, so after the performance, 
uh, Colonel Andrews suggests a Jane should play next. And she's like, oh, like, I don't know any piano. And he's like, oh, come on, come on. Like, you know, no one's judging. And then she's like, well, I do know this one song. <laughs> <laughs> and then she played, she like, this is bam, 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 bam. And then with like one finger, she's like, dun, 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 dun. And then saying, yeah, she's like, it's getting hot in here. So take off all your clothes. I am going so hot. I'm going to take my clothes off. (laughs) And then Mrs. Waddlesbrook becomes completely upset and then like runs and then like closes the piano. (laughs) Very Catholic. Mm-hmm. Style. <laughs> and then the funny thing is that as she's playing the song mr nobly you can see him in the background being like yeah like he's like jamming <laughs> to it <laughs> he's like okay 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 you're real <laughs> uh so she decides to um kind of go go to quarters earlier and after she leaves, Miss Charmit stays. That was freaking awesome. <laughs> but as she lies to everyone and then tries to go back to the stables, Mr. Nobly uh, encounters her and advises that she should be careful uh, with Martin. And because he was kind of like doing like a, like a nice British way. Be like, oh, like, you know, you should be careful to cavort with... <laughs> with uh mr martin and then she was like did you say cavort like do you think like (laughs) like i do you think like i need to um listen to you and then he was like well like i i really don't trust martin i think that he isn't what who you should be with and then she was like well thank you so much for the concern and then just leaves after like they just like go opposite ways um, and then she heads back to her room, but she encounters Mr. Watersbrook, who tries to take advantage of her. Uh, she knocks him down before Mr. Nobly and Colonel Andrews show up. And Colonel Andrews has like this like white elaborate wig with like a Union Jack underwear <laughs> and then like his like red um, coat that he was wearing. And he's like just running down thinking that it's Miss Charming or one of the other ladies. But then it turns out that, oh, it's Mr. Wallaceburg. So Colonel takes Mr. Wallaceburg back upstairs. He's like, not again. Yeah. He was like, oh, Mr. Wallaceburg. He's probably done it before. Yeah. Uh, And even like Mr. Wallaceburg is like, oh, don't tell the missus about this incident. (laughs) And Andrews is like, the boys aren't going to, like, lie for you anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, Mr. Nobly offers to escort Jane to her room. And this is kind of, yeah, he, like, kind of, like, touches her shoulder. He's like, oh, you know, like, I. Are you okay? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I know you have ninja skills. (laughs) Can you tell she's a ninja? (laughs) Because, like. Um, earlier when they encountered like the last time they encounter each other like she got startled by him and then she does like a ninja stance 
And she was like, sorry, like my father, you know, taught me to like have my ninja skills. And he was like, well, I think like any father would be proud for a daughter to have ninja skills. <laughs> yeah, it's charming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, she knows that she's fine and then just goes um, back to her room alone. And back at the room, Jane calls Molly uh, to talk about the package and how the travel agent lied to her that the package she bought wasn't necessarily the platinum elite he promised that it would be, uh, but argues that she's going to take control of her story. Um, and she meets up with Miss Charming to help her out. And Miss Charming is like, yes, I was born for this. Yeah. We're going to fix you. We're going to make you hot. And you should take control of your story. Let's make you the hottest bitch on this planet. And you're going to be like a whole new person. And make all the guys fall in love with you. If you can't have one, you'll have them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Miss Charmy steals some of the gowns from Lady Hartwright's um, suite, which is right next door to her, and fixes her hair. And then she, she tries to be like, oh, like, say it this way. Bloody hell. And then, oh, yeah. She tries, she tries to be like proper British. Yeah. It's like bloody Americans. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Like, she thinks there are weird grunts at the end of every, like, phrase. Yeah. It's just something she goes with, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so with a new outfit and new confidence, uh, Jane talks to Colonel Andrews because like in between the scene that I'm talking about and the previous scene, there's like a montage with Betty Davis eyes playing in the background with like um, Jane entering the room with like this like nice teal or like light blue um, dress. And then she's like, oh, like like dancing around people and <laughs> having like this uh, the butlers like walking ahead of her and then they like s- like split up to reveal that it's her and I don't know it's like a whole montage so they're playing um what's that like game again Cro- croquet or yeah I think it's cricket yeah cricket um so they're playing it and uh, Jane talks to Colonel Andrews about Mr. Nobly because they're like, oh, like, like Where's he. No, it's cricket. I think it's cricket. <laughs> I don't know. It's like the one where you have like these balls it's on the ball. ground and then it's you have to hit bracket. them through these like arcs. Cricket versus bridge. No, I think it's cricket. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Well, it's like the type of sport where you have these like balls. People. <laughs> yeah, these balls on the ground, and then you had to hit them through these like little hoops or arcs. And then you had to like get to like the stick. <laughs> so they're um <laughs> they're playing this game, and then they're kind of like making fun of Mr. Nobly. They're like, oh, like. You know, he's trying to be all serious and everything. And then this leads to Jane confessing that only good men are fictional. 
And then Mr. Nobly comes in and argues that women are the same as men and reveals that his girlfriend left him for his mate that headed to Brazil. When he was off lecturing in Switzerland. Yeah. He was like, well, women are the shit. Yeah. And then like, there's like a moment that he realized like, oh shit, like I revealed like a a very personal, yeah. However, Mrs. Watersbrooks ends the game and arrives with Jane's luggage and this like very elaborate like hay carriage. So she states that um, they found Jane's cell phone and she orders Jane to leave the property because she broke one of the rules and that was um, not no technology of any kind like after like the Jane Austen era. And that includes cell phones. Uh, but Lily, Lady Hartwright uh, steps in and claims that the cell phone is her. And it's funny because she does this like little like dance. <laughs> Remember? Yeah, she's weird. Lady Hartwright's kind of weird. She like did a, she does a weird dance and her accent's kind of like off. The British accent that's really fake. Just off. Yeah. <laughs> she's like Mrs. Watersbrook. And she's like... <laughs> Starts dancing. Yeah, I don't know. She looks like she has to pee or something. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so she was like, oh, like, it's mine. And then Mrs. Ha- uh, Watersburg is like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, like, I hope like this. Day. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I hope this doesn't like uh, ruin your experience or whatnot. Um, so Lady Hartwright reveals to Jane that her and Captain East were engaged last year and she's she basically blackmails jane to give east to her in exchange for mr nobly because she's exchanging i think she was just like get me alone with captain east because he's the one i want to be with yeah (laughs) she doesn't even give a fuck about anybody else yeah and then like it's kind of funny because um she was like, oh, like, I do know about the dresses. Oh, that- right. She didn't even say that. Like, she was just like, I know about your other secret. <laughs> too. She went, what are you, a snake? Yeah, she was like, secret, or how about secrets? Yeah. Uh, so she's like oh like she didn't like say like yes like that's fine um so she kind of was like okay whatever but then when um uh, mrs watersbrook and colonel andrews revealed that oh yeah like let's do this play tonight or like l- the next night and uh we gotta like pick pairs so miss charmy of course picks colonel andrews and then when it comes to Jane, um, Lady Hartwright kind of mentions like, you know, the phone. She like a phone gesture, yeah. Like a yeah. silent phone gesture where she's like, I know your secrets. Yeah. So Captain East. So so Jane was like, um, Mr. Nobly. And then Mr. Nobly is like, what? Like she she called me? But yeah, like everybody's like, what? Why'd you pick him? And she's like, well. I kind of have this blackmail thing going on. Yeah. 
so uh, the two rehearse and they kind of get to know each other. Um, so they hit it off basically. Like, yeah. yeah, deep and emotional in the gardens. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, yeah, because like Mr. Nobly sees her journal or like drawing book. He's like, oh, your drawing book. And then he looks through and he's like, huh, it's kind of weird because most of the pictures (laughs) are about me. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I guess I like to draw things that I can't, that I'm trying to figure out. And I guess I've been having a hard time trying to figure you out. (laughs) She like bats her eyelashes. Yeah. And then, and then she also gets cold um oh yeah and he gives her his jacket oh classic romance move yeah and I guess like he like she didn't like pick up what he was like putting down because she was like oh okay like you know and then takes it and then (laughs) you see like a shot of him like rolling his eyes like come on like Like, the whole time also he's just like staring at her during this entire montage and she's just like oh look rain oh look trees oh look garden and she's like not looking at him looking at her yeah oh i think it was also like they said something about like relationships or something like oh like you know i don't think men like me and then he was like wait a minute how do you know that like you don't find someone that knows that they're attracted to you and then she's like going off and then he's like staring at her and I'm like oh I think like it's pretty obvious it's it's him yeah she she is a little dense in that moment because she's like thinking about Martin yeah the stable boy (laughs) what we have is real oh uh later that day uh while the other guests are at a whisk event jane encounters martin who apologizes for his action um and then that kind of like makes her like rethink about the relationship and he grabs her and kisses her yeah like we're basically like they run into each other and he's like prepping for the show and he's got like a curtain and she like passes him by and he's like hey i'm i'm sorry and then she's like, yeah, thank you for that. And then, like, they start walking away. And then he, like, just grabs her, like, full, like, barbaric caveman way. And he just, he, like, lays it on her. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then he just walks away and doesn't say shit. <laughs> yeah. It's a typical smoldering kind of, like, move where you, like, want to, like, throw off the chick and you're like oh I just gotta like surprise her out of the blue if my only element that I have left is element surprise sorry when you said surprise I thought of like a guy jumping out of a bush it's like surprise this is what I got I like you all I have I'm not smart funny rich (laughs) or beautiful but I've got this I love you (laughs) yeah something like that like John said, would you like to go on a date? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. We're we're joking about the bush part. Like, please yeah. don't please don't do that to women. Awesome. Uh, that is pretty much the order for men out there. It's smart and funny, like up there, you know. Well, it can be earned, whatever. 
but be a good person that's number one (laughs) yeah like like just be nice and like respectful and like know your boundaries and know the other person's boundaries yeah and then just try to be an interesting guy like nobody's gonna want to date you if you're boring yeah also also for for those of the men who are still single and trying to go on dates please do not like i'm sorry please do not tell us and complain of why you're still single i'm sorry like i've encountered men who've i i've encountered two men like prior to dating Miro that did that to me on dates because there'll be like i don't understand why uh, i'm on single. the date yeah and and one of them was out in the public like we're walking in santa monica and he's like i don't understand why like very loudly not even like you know whisper or just like you know yeah like it wasn't person. yeah and then he's like i don't understand why no one wants to date me and i'm like well <laughs> maybe this is why <laughs> yeah so just our psa about men dating is over <laughs> yeah so just so you know, please do not complain about why you are single or like have us try to solve the answer of why you're still single. Please just. I think just, it's a move. I think it's a tactic. It's like, oh, why am I single? And then the girl says, oh, you won't be single anymore. I'll date you. It's like a guilt trip sort of thing. But listen, men, this is the 21st century and we're not having it. Yeah. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> <My job. laughs> yeah please like we have better things to do than to listen to you complain but anyway. just be a good guy That's yes. yes. <laughs> you know it's okay there are a lot of things wrong with you just try try to be better don't just yeah. say, you, know, you gotta actually like try put your actions into motion <laughs> yes Okay, PSA, PSA over. Yes, thank you for coming for our tech talk, but still, still stay because we're we're still we're still finishing up this film. Okay, <laughs> so later yeah, that day, definitely. sorry. So that night, um, the group performs the play, and <laughs> however, the play doesn't go well because Lady Hartwright gets poked in the eye with an arrow that Miss Charming like pulled <laughs> and captain eats gets hit in the nuts because like while that what happened i was yeah. like what's wrong with him yeah so I what happened it. so what happened was that miss charming is like oh here i am aphrodite and i'm yeah. pulling this arrow of love and then she didn't put it high enough of an angle so it basically shoots it right into miss Hart uh writes eye and then <laughs> she's like oh my god like my eye and then she gets ang like well she she doesn't get angry but um as that's happening captain east tries to get to um lady Hartwright, but then <laughs> uh mr nobly who's dressed as like a roman soldier has like this like uh sword in uh horizontal stance oh, that hits him in the nuts oh. yeah huh and then <laughs> yeah it was something like that where he 
he accidentally lifted it up and then it hit Captain East in the nuts. And then he tries to pull it out. But then um, Captain East is like, whoa, like you're hurting even more. <laughs> God. Yeah. And then Mr. Nobly like accidentally feels up Lady Heart, right? Yeah. <laughs> like she trips and then like. <laughs> like she can't see because her eyes like bleeding or whatever. Yeah. And Mr. Nobly is like just so focused on trying to remember his lines that when he looks down, he realized that he, he touched her breast. He was like, oh, like. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so during. Uh, the performance Mr. Nobly and Jane have like their um, own scene together and it's Mr. Nobly's character dying from the war however he accidentally tells Jane that he loves her and it's like a little like awkward moment where she's like oh shit like he because like he did it very naturally because like yeah it like almost fell in with the beats of the script and so like I feel like she couldn't tell whether that was scripted or not yeah and then uh I think like Mrs. Watersburg was like oh you you need to you need to die so uh nobody is like oh yeah oh oh I'm dying ah (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead Uh, So after the play, Jane uh, takes Mr. Nobly to her room. They're kind of like running. And he's like, why are we running? And she says, you know, um, single people can only. A woman can't be together. Yeah. But they can be together if they're in motion. (laughs) Yeah. So then they're like running and then they get to her room. However, knowing that they can't be alone in her bedroom, he leaves but notes that he has feelings for her. Um, he whenever- like stays outside of the door and he's like, he's like, hey, Jane, from like the other side of the door. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, will you just tell me if I have like any hope? And she's like, yeah. And then he's like, will you reserve the first three dances for me for tomorrow's ball? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's only three guys, and one of them is already taken from Miss Charming. So, I mean, I guess the other one wants Captain E, so it's kind of just us. Yeah. Well, and Martin. At the ball, uh, Miss Charming and Jane encounter Lady Hartwright, who now has this eye patch because her eye is infected. <laughs> Miss Charming says something to her, and uh, <laughs> Lady Hartwright was about to like go after her, but Captain East holds her back and they go into the other room. And uh, as Miss Charmaine joins Colonel Andrews, Jane meets up with Martin. Uh, and then he tells her that he's into her and offers to take her away to somewhere private. But Mr. Nobly arrives just in time. And so Jane's like, oh, I had to be with him. And she goes with Mr. Nobly into the dance hall. And as they're dancing, Mr. Nobly tries to tell Jane something, but is interrupted by the other women getting engaged by um, the other men. Because you see Captain East being like, uh, Lady Hartwright, my love, would you marry me? And then she's like, yes, yes, of course. And then Colonel Andrews is like, 
Miss Charming, my love, my heart, would you like it? Would you marry me? And then she's like, marry you? Oh, yes, I will. And then she's trying to kiss him. But because um, Colonel Andrews, the actor, is gay, he's like trying to avoid her from kissing him. And so Mr. Nobly pulls uh, Jane into one of like the wings of the dance hall. And he makes a speech of how he is falling in love with her. But Jane argues that she doesn't have the same feelings after seeing the two other women get engaged because she thinks that he's going to pop the question. And that is just a bunch of like, this is all just fake part of the story that they have written for them out at the Austin Land Lake. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, she argues that she wants something real and leaves Mr. Nobly behind and goes to Martin and say, hey, do you want to go? And he's like, yeah, yeah, of course. And then they like kind of drive off in his um, like, was it those like uh, golf carts? <laughs> Yeah, sort of thing. They kind of like spend the night just hanging out, like talking, going through the gondola rides and whatever. Mm -hmm. And she, uh, she's like, "Hey, I can, you know, like delay my flight a little and hang out in London if you'd be, you know, if you'd want to do that for like a couple days." And he's like, "I'm not saying don't do that." Because I got, I got like three more people that are coming in and one of them has a basic package. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the next day, Miss Charming bids goodbye to Jane because Jane is, is packing up and heading back home. Um, and Miss Charming tells Jane that she's going to stay behind to inform the other women that Colonel Andrews is already taken. <laughs> And also um, the fact that she may want to buy the place from Mrs. Bartlesbrook. And Jane's like is really excited. It's like, oh yeah, that's really cool. And she was trying to tell Miss Charming that Colonel Andrews may be gay, but fails. And then there's, there's like a joke where um, Jane is like, oh, you know, I think I think you, you guys are going to be a great couple. And then Miss Charming's like, oh, thank God for a moment. I thought you were going to say he's gay. <laughs> uh, so while Lady Hartwright and Jane leave, Lady Hartwright reveals that she is not British and that Mr. Nobly persuaded her to claim that the phone was hers in order for Jane to stay. Yeah. She was like, he did a good job. He was a good actor. He like really pretended like he was into you, you know? He like even asked me to pretend like the phone was mine. And mm -hmm. so James like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also Lady Hartroy is like, oh, did you know I'm married? He's an old guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I come here like every month or something. Yeah, she was like, this is the best time also. He is really, really, really old, like talking about her husband. Mm -hmm. Like she's just trying to say she's a gold digger and she's telling you to just have fun. Yeah. Uh, so when meeting with Mrs. Watersbrook at the Regency house, 
Uh, Jane finds out that Martin was assigned for Jane this entire time and that Mr. Nobley was only there uh, for Lady Hartwright until Captain East returns from his soap opera gig. And this is kind of like, because like it starts off with Jane being like, oh, like I know that um, I was probably assigned to end up with Mr. Nobley, but I actually ended up with Martin. And then Mrs. Watersburg is like, oh, like, I mean, that was kind of the entire purpose of it. And then she goes on to explain. And Jane's like, fuck, like the fake one was the real one. Yeah. <laughs> the real one was the fake one. Like she was like, shit, like Martin didn't really care about me because, you know, she's like all up in her head. And she was like, oh, I finally have something real and it's Martin and he's not it. Yeah. And then Jane confronts Mrs. Watersbrook about her husband's harassment towards uh, guests and argues that she could find enough women to shut the business down. And she's she's pissed because she's like, well, you made us all believe in this stupid fairy tale. And I actually believed that Martin and I were like going to be together. Mm -hmm. So she's butthurt. Yeah. Uh, So she, so Jane leaves and then in like a kind of like frightening like afraid that her business is going to get shut down mrs watersbrook um like goes on the phone and calls the uh employees lounge so then it cuts to the employees lounge where martin shows um shows up and it's kind of like shoving his win in front of mr nobly and they almost get into like a scuffle, but then Colonel Andrews is like, oh, um, Martin, you need to go to the airport to calm Jane down. You're still um, black, he mm-hmm. <laughs> So at the airport, Martin, now in regular clothes, tries to talk to Jane, but she refuses to listen to him. And Mr. Nobly then jumps in, s- still in his outfit, um and it's kind of funny because he like jumps over this like luggage and kind of like slip like not slips but he like slides in (laughs) and he was like jane jane (laughs) i have real yeah i am real it's like you know this whole clothes is fake and he takes off his jacket and throws it down on the ground and he's like yes like what we had was real and i've really fallen in love with you like that guy's an actor he doesn't know shit yeah (laughs) and he's just fake he's just lying and then she's like all confused because she's like i don't know who's lying i don't don't know what's like fantasy or what's reality and so she's just like caught up in her head and she finally realizes that all of this is bullshit because it's all like in her head Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and he he also notes that the first day jane arrived was also his first day and then he also um only visited the place to mm-hmm. help his aunt um and then mr nobly hurts martin's feelings when he states that his aunt would rather bring in a novelist than a wannabe actor who worked as a hobbit <laughs> And then that's when the two scuffle. And then it's like a very awkward fight at this like airport. And Jane tries to break it up. Grappling. It's like jujitsu, which is a very awkward sort of martial arts if you're not in your uniform. Yeah. (laughs) It's like they're more focused on like kicking 
each other than like actually you know fist and (laughs) yeah you're like just trying to choke the other person out but it kind of looks like you're having sex with them instead yeah (laughs) it's like so much dick very awkward uh jane then states that she is done with this whole thing she is over it she even gets on a luggage herself and it's like you hear that england I am over it. Done. (laughs) Yeah. Finito. Over. Uh, But she tells Mr. Nogli that he was perfect. Um, So she leaves. And it's kind of funny because during the scuffle, um, we did talk about this moment where we find out that Brett McKenzie has a lower back tattoo and it's very awkward. No offense to him. I mean, like, hey, if he wanted that tattoo, go for it. But for us, it was a little bit awkward. <laughs> it has a trips Because I would have been fine if it was like, like at his neck or like, you know, I don't know. I feel like he was almost intentional because, like, this guy's clearly a hoe. Like, when he was trying to shove his win and Mr. Nobly in the employees' lounge, he was like, anybody could have had Jane. She was up for grabs by anybody, and you just weren't man enough to be able to lock that shit down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just funny that that tramp. we see this, like, small tramp stamp, and we're like, whoa. <laughs> <That's> like... Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Uh, so Jane returns to her apartment and takes down all the Jane Austen collectibles and she kind of like puts it in like front room because it's kind of like a two room apartment Um, and I'm assuming like days later Molly calls and tells her that she's back at her apartment and Molly says like oh okay like I'm gonna you know head over and as Jane makes tea, Mr. Nobly arrives with Jane's journal she left behind. And when she mentions that, oh, he could have just mailed it. He knows that, oh, yeah, like I could have. And then he's like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. I, sh- I shouldn't have come here. And then kind of leaves. But then she's like, wait, wait. And she mentions that she isn't going to report his aunt if this is about, you know, why he's here. Right. And then he's like, no, you know, I, I came here by myself and states that his name is actually Henry Nobly and he's a history professor. And then he talks about how he is real and asks him, ask her to give him a chance. And then he also says like, yeah, like, when I first came to Austin land, I thought it was like trashy. Like I, th- I thought that this was like cliche, but yeah, then the weird thing that my aunt does. Yeah. And then as he started to be involved in this era, he's like, Oh yeah. Like I realized it's really cool to like be immersed in this, you know, era and in the, in this world. Um, and he was like, yeah, like, please give me a chance. I really love you. And then, you know, it's like a little soft moment. And then the two kiss. And <laughs> she ends up with her Mr. Darcy the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then it, it reveals the title. And it goes into credits. But while the credits are rolling, 
it notes that Miss Charming bought Austin Land and changed it into a theme park with like a bunch of like um what's it called like booths uh, almost yeah like booths a carousel uh like Ferris wheel like and carnival. like <laughs> yeah like a lot of carnival rides yeah. that you would see and Lady Hartwright um <laughs> goes head over here heels as Captain East dances on the stage sure, in front man. of a okay. yeah he like Let's rips his it. shirt and he basically pulls a magic mic moment in front of a crowd of women yeah <laughs> like with less like hip thrusts but <laughs> i mean compared to ma- magic mic compared to magic mic i would say magic yeah. mic had more hip thrust <laughs> yeah okay that's fair <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who th- for those of you who wonder why i watched magic mike it was because my mom wanted to see it and she didn't want to go alone so i went with her sure it was very it. no it was i didn't want to go I, i'm not a big channing tatum fan well there's more than channing tatum in that movie my i mean the, Bummer is in there <laughs> I i'm not a big fan of those i'm not a big Bummer? Has anybody here watched White Collar? Okay, everybody, tonight you have new homework. It's watch White Collar, and Matt Bomer will change your life, and you will fall head over heels for him before you realize that yes, he's gay in real life. Yeah, all the all the hot ones are always gay, like Zachary Quinto, Mark Bono. Who else? Uh, wait, no, never mind. I was going to say Alex Pettyford, but he's not gay. Yeah. <laughs> but he did kind of lose it in the last few years. Um, we'll get it back. Yeah. <laughs> also, Mr. Wattlesbrook is a custodian for the park. Uh, Martin fails to pick up women, um, especially this one that's reading a Jane Austen book. And Henry and Jane are enjoying attending the theme park and they even do this cheesy photo op as like kind of one of those like cut board cutouts um where it's like mr darcy and elizabeth bennett and then they're kind of like standing behind to be like oh wow we're darcy and elizabeth because they are yeah and then they look at each other and they smile and then it cuts to um, more credits. And then there is there is this funny moment um, further into the credits where they play hot in here. And it's basically <laughs> the actors just like dancing and lip syncing to <laughs> the song. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's the that's the end of the film. Uh, so what did you think about the film? I think I liked it. It's a very feel-good movie. It's a very feel-good rom-com. Uh, I think, you know, I think it is a good twist because, like, sort of throughout the whole movie, uh, you're kind of like, oh, is it Martin? Is it Mr. Nobly? Who's it going to be? And if you, like, have a thing for, like, bad boys, you're like, oh, it's Martin. And if you, like, <laughs> want, like, the noble, sort of, like, gentlemanly character, then you're rooting for Mr. Nobly. It's very, like, vampires and werewolves or, like, Edward versus the other guy. I can't even remember his name. 
Uh, Jacob. Jacob. Team Jacob or Team Edward. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like she's into both of them. And like they're also both into her until you find out that Martin's actually a jackass and then everybody's into Nibley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wonder if she saw the lower back tattoo and she's like, oh my God, no. <laughs> I don't think she ever saw it. But you know, Mrs. Waddle's book was like, you know, you got really lucky. You got the, like, the crumbs on the creme. You got to see a foal being born. Usually it's just, like, a litter of kittens. And she was like, ah. like, what the fuck? Like, did you guys just have, like, like an army of, like, pregnant horses and pregnant <laughs> animals on standby? Like, what? This is, like, cruel. Which is why she, like, gets all pissed off. And she's like, I'm going to report your husband. We're going to take this whole place down. You know? Yeah. I thought it was really good. And, like, Mrs. Waddlebrook, Mrs. Waddle's book, if this was like a real theme park, like it would be like a good idea if like, you know, you were like really, really skinny and like you did all this like research into your clients and then you like actually set them up with like real people. But like you'd actually have to like have new people each time. Mm-hmm. And not just like the same actor like being cruel to like different women. Yeah, because I would suck if um if one of the actors actors actually really liked one of the uh guests and then they're like oh shit like I have to still stay here and pretend that I like this other person when yeah right but it makes for a good movie Mm -hmm. so (laughs) I definitely recommend watching it yeah I really like it I think it's it's like that um it's kind of one of those hidden classics in a way because I never seen this film until like I think when I was in college I think like my mom was playing it on stars like I think like on her direct tv one time when I visited and I was like what's this and she's like oh yeah it's awesome man and then I watched it um and I really liked it and then like just every now and then I watch it and I still like it um until you told me to watch it but it was good I liked it yeah yeah it's kind of one of those like hidden gems where it it happened but I guess like they didn't make a lot of publicity about it that it just didn't go anywhere the way Martin kisses is very like it's very (laughs) like you want her to end up that kind of guy but then like Mr. Nobles and like you know, he cares more about your mind. It's like surrounded to Bergerac, like we were talking about prior. You know, he's very, like, no matter if he, like, ages poorly or whatever, or, like, you know, when you're old and, like, you know, like, your looks fade, like, this is the guy who's, like, of good heart who you want to end up with, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what did you, uh, what did you think about Jane? I, I kind of felt that there were times where it, she was smart enough to kind of like pick up some things but then there were other times that yeah I agree I think she was like intelligent but I think she just lived so much in her head like she built everything up in her head so she was like like she wanted a fairy tale fantasy that was how she wanted her whole life to be so Mm -hmm. she was like you know she was always constantly battling between reality and fantasy and so when Martin came along and then she, before she knew he was scripted for her, you know, he was, she was just like, Oh, like, this is real. Like, this is a guy who I like sneak off with in the middle of the night in this like 
hellhole of a place where I can't do anything or talk or have fancy things, you know, that this is supposed to be about and just hang out with this one guy, you know? Yeah. And so she like built that up in her head before realizing that like, he was trash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean she, like- too like, easily for it, you know? Like she should have known, like she should have been like, oh, like- Yeah. But then, but then again, like her ex-boyfriend, I think that was like a really good moment where like, okay, like she's been with men that are kind of cheesy or not that great of a person. Yeah. So I think it kind of gave us like an insight of what she, how she is with other men and how she dates men. Yeah. She doesn't have the best taste in men. Yeah. Like, she didn't even realize that Mr. Nobly, like, actually truly liked her until he was just, like, he had to say it over and over. Yeah. Staring you know? at her the entire time, and she just, like, didn't even notice. And then yeah. he had to be like, hey, listen, you dummy, like, listen here. <laughs> and he had to say it, like, three times. He told her he loved her in the play. He told her he loved her at the airport. And then he had to tell her he loved her by coming all the fucking way over to America again. She's mm-hmm. dense. Yeah, she's like living up in her head. Ah. Yeah, and I I think like it's good that they brought that up because like in a lot of romantic comedies, like it's always like the women that don't really know that this particular person likes them, and so they're like, oh, like I'm I'm single and like I I'm tired of being single, but they don't understand that the person in front of them really likes them. Yeah. So I think it kind of I would say it's a lot different from the other rom coms because at least this one was like, hey, like I really like you. Please like understand that this is real, compared to like the other ones that are just like you know being like, oh, like I like you. And then that's it. Like they don't. That's true. I feel like yeah, you're right in that. Like other rom coms, like the male, like uh, the male protagonist is usually the denser one until like the end when they're like, oh wait, I think I like you. Like in yeah. the proposal, you know how like Ryan Reynolds at the end is like, listen, like you were a major bitch, but like I kind of fell in love with you, you know, and it it came up, it snuck up on me. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, uh, what do you think about the men um, in the film, like Mr. Nobly, Martin, and Colonel Andrews? Oh, and and Captain East. If- Colonel Andrews was hilarious. Honestly, like <laughs> he like he would be like so outwardly flirtatious he was an actor you know and he was trying to like do his part of like making a woman fall in love with him because yeah. Coolidge is so like over the top she was like oh my god I love it I love you but he since he's gay he's just like he, he would just keep contradicting himself he'd be like oh yes you are the light for the love of my life and then like he just could not kiss her he could not bring himself to do it or like whenever she'd like want to sit on his lap or want him to sit in her lap and he's just like uh, uh. <laughs> yeah I kind of like and it was also interesting because there are like little moments where he's like like chugging down like champagne or like alcohol to kind of like yeah, um, <laughs> yeah to like power through it <laughs> 
So I think that was like a funny thing. And then I think when we find out that, oh yeah, he's gay, that I think it was when he was talking to Captain East because I think Captain East is also gay because they were like, oh, like, you know, like you look hot. And, you know, because they were talking about Captain East abs. And I think Martin said something that, oh, like you've, you've, um, it was something like that you, you um, lost like interest in working out or something like that. You and then, yeah, you let yourself go. And then Captain East is like, oh, Oh my God. Like, you know, you become self-conscious of this body. Well, I don't know. Straight men can be very self-conscious of their <laughs> conscious of their bodies as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it, I, I don't know. I kind of felt that uh, Captain East was um, either gay or bi because I like, he, yeah. Cause he was like talking to Colonel Andrews. They were kind of like buddies together. Um. I, don't know, I think like for Martin, I think he was a really good like villain, quote unquote. Yeah, he did play his character very well. Yeah. I also like kind of like the little like funny moments, like with the saxophone and then <laughs> um, like him like singing to her. I thought that was funny. Yeah, um, he were like a real life man. He was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, and then Mr. Nobly, like I think he really did a good interpretation of Mr. Darcy, you know, where he starts off as being very like. Um, but he wasn't even trying. He it was literally just his first day, and he was just like, "This is shit." So that's why he was like, he was actually like a real life Mr. Darcy because he was like, "I'm too cool for this bullshit," you know. <laughs> yeah, like I'm better he than this. I'm a, I'm yeah. a history professor. <laughs> oh. Switzerland. I don't know where he's from. No, I think he he probably like does like um per like teaching jobs in certain areas of Europe prior to the Brett exit. So this is prior to Brett exit. So you were able to travel (laughs) throughout Europe from the UK, just so everyone knows. Yeah, he actually thought he was too cool. He was like actually Mr. Darcy. Yeah. And you know, he realized, oh wait, there's a woman here who's actually cool. Yeah. And also was like not one of these like fake, you know, wanna be like, oh yeah, I'm part of this experience too. Yeah. I guess that was the thing about her was that she was real. That she wanted that whole world to be real also for her which is mm-hmm. like this is a theme park it like anyway yeah like this is this is kind park. of yeah this is kind of like um the renaissance like those like renaissance yeah like renaissance yeah. Mm-hmm. what did you think about liz charming and uh lady Hartwright? honestly i thought liz charming made a really good friend because that was her role you know and she like I thought it was gonna be like when I first saw her I was like okay well she could either be like the friend who would then betray her like halfway through or she could be like the only person throughout the entire film who's like actually her true friend which is what actually happened you know like yeah the whole entire thing she was like the only one who actually like supported her was like yeah this sucks why did they give you such a shitty deal for like 
the like uh copper package or whatever while I got the platinum you know I got the fancy dress like this is bullshit like you still paid a lot of money for it Mm -hmm. so she was cool and she like helped her through and through even though her advice is kind of like shady (laughs) (laughs) she means well you can tell that the intention is there at the end of the day her heart of heart is pure yeah I would say she is very ignorant sometimes like when yeah but it what it's not like um in a mean way yeah not born out of ill will yeah like you could still see like yeah she has a heart and then she is considerate of other people um so and also it's kind of like the good thing about Jennifer Coolidge because she does a lot of characters like this where they're kind of ignorant maybe naive at times but when they say some things like it it's actually like okay like that makes sense you know even though deep down like they're not that bright or you know like they're not scholars but it's like (laughs) their heart is pure yeah yeah uh, right was she was some more interesting i feel like she was kind of petty but you know that's okay you need some shallow characters who <laughs> are just like I, listen i'm married to like an old dude and i'm a gold digger and i'm here just to like make out with this hot dude so like let me have captain East. let me just have my one hot dude that i can make out with yeah yeah with uh lady heart right i think she is one of those people that's like, yes, I want to be immersed into this experience and knows that this is fake and that this is just temporary. So she just plays along with it uh, compared to Jane, who believes that this is real. And like when I remember when like <laughs> she was talking about how last year she got engaged with Captain East that it was pretty obvious, like, okay, she's done this before. Like, this, she's a recurring guest that comes here, like, maybe once a year. And even her, like, she's already, like, played along with it or, like, did her own interpretation of the story to make it her own, like, romantic novel. Yeah, she built her story up already. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I would say she is petty, but I mean, she's not evil. Like, I think she just wants it. She just has her own agenda. She's like the third party character. Yeah. Um, What's going on? Yeah. Um, Anyone else that you wanted to talk about or anything else? Not really. I feel like that pretty much covers it for me. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a feel good movie. I'm watching it again. It yeah, really ranks among the rom coms. <laughs> yeah, I agree too. And then also, we just saw the new trailer for what was it called again? Gerardo de Bergerac. Oh, and then lover of all time because <laughs> intellect. <laughs> intellectual and he like showers you in his poems and his words and his actual true love and not just because he has lust for you (laughs) yeah yeah and uh the person that's playing the lead is peter dinklage Dinklage. yeah and i showed uh jen 
a trailer to Roxanne, which is a modern interpretation of the play um, that the, the upcoming movie is also based on. Um, so that may be our next um, movie that we may talk. <laughs> if not, yeah. If not, also, it, if anybody wants to watch Serrano and Bergerac with me when it comes out December 31st. I mean, like, I'm down. I mean, I think hopefully maybe do it in the afternoon because I may have to go to a party <laughs> in the evening. <laughs> you mean New Year's? The New Year's party? Yes. Because, <laughs> um, like, Norvig, uh, one of Miro's friends, He's born. Every time you say that, I keep thinking you're saying Norbit, like from the movie Norbit. And I'm like, you know Norbit? <laughs> no, Norvik. <laughs> uh, but yeah, his birthday is on January 1st, but we always celebrate his birthday like on New Year's Eve. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, if we do in the afternoon, I'll be down. <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> awesome so if if you guys want to join if you're in la <laughs> i don't know how you can contact us but you know like show up at a theater <laughs> <laughs> we'll be we'll be with you in spirits <laughs> yeah to watch the film and i'll talk about it after so. yeah <laughs> okay cool uh so yeah that is it for I'll this be, episode out there yeah uh but yeah uh you can rate us and review us on apple Podcasts. share to your friends and family um and you can follow us on instagram at j-a-n-d underscore m podcast no sorry j-a-n-d-m underscore podcast sorry yeah and i think that's it jennifer any last remarks or (laughs) Uh, no, I think that's it. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening and hope you come back next week. Bye. Bye.